0: Welcome to this episode of Inside Publishing, the series where we interview industry experts on everything publishing. In this episode we're talking to Irish publishing house Skeen Press, a writer-centered press supporting authors traditionally underrepresented in Irish literature. Their writing, as well as their commitment to campaign for industry-wide change, and just some of the areas we'll be exploring in this lively and thought provoking episode brought to you by SYP Ireland. I'm Elizabeth, and I am the SYP Ireland Chair. And this is the first year that the SYP have been in Ireland, and so part of our aim is to get to know the various publishing houses in Ireland and like what makes publishing houses in Ireland different and unique, and so a good place to start is by meeting the publishers. So today I am with Ronyo Tu and Nidhi Zach from Scheme Press and I would quite likely undersell you both so can I ask you to introduce yourselves, uh, who you are as people and then who you are as an organisation. My name is Nidhi, I'm a poet and an editor with Scheme and I started with Skene
1: earlier this year in January, um, working with and Fanula on the books
2: that are being published this year and next year and we are also story. going to be launching a new series oh, called The Solstice Series you want in 2022. Yeah, do you want- yeah. Yeah. Hi, I'm Gronia and I work in Scheme Press with Fanula and Niddy. We set up Scheme Press in 2018. It was a collaboration between writers and publishers to see how we could start publishing books that we weren't seeing in the Irish literary scene. So books from writers who we felt were underrepresented in literature and what uh, the stories they wanted to tell. So we focused in on that and um, so far we've published three books and we are supporting um, the Play It Forward Fellowship with the Stinging Fly that Niddy is heading up and that's a um, the whole career pathway for writers from underrepresented backgrounds who haven't had the opportunity before to access writing and networks and publishing and editorial and mentorship. So um, Niddy uh, can talk more about that. So yeah, so it's a very exciting time, and we're a very
0: new press. Are you Ireland's youngest press? Mm. At least one of the. Well, at least yeah. one. Of them. Yeah, yeah. Probably <laughs> one. <of them. laughs> Um, and can I ask? So it's very interesting that you set up the press. Um, have you had you worked a long time in publishing beforehand, or what is your background? Yeah.
2: Um, well, I, my background is community work and human rights, um, but I always had an interest in reading and writing, and I did uh, creative writing over the years. So I loved uh, writing and editing. I suppose in my other life, having met a lot of writers and. From different communities, often wondered how, why we weren't seeing the work yeah. in print. Yeah, so, you're
0: hearing stories, but not seeing it. Yeah, them. not
2: seeing it, or yeah. not seeing Ireland represented uh, as it should be culturally in our landscape, seemed very monocultural to me. It yeah, it seemed like the diversity and, and enrichment that uh, of people and ideas was coming through in the way it should. So that, I suppose that was the kernel of the idea for me. And luckily, uh, Fanula or our other. Colleague um, has publishing experience and worked for many years in Cushliffe in Irish language publishing, oh, which is fantastic. very interesting in and yeah. of itself because it's also marginalised in some ways, Absolutely or you know, it. not to the main. So, certainly thing.
0: conserving something, or yes, and exactly. just bringing it to into to modern and w- was there any like particular moment that made you think okay we have to establish our press now was there a sudden moment or did it just make sense I think key
2: to the establishment of the scheme press was Mulatu's work Melatu Ucho Kari when we read her stories we, th- we said I-, I had known Melatu for years and she was sending we were working together on stories and we were sharing stories mm. and I always thought when I read her stories how come her work isn't such a clever talented short story writer for a start um, I just was wondering why we weren't seeing it published and then with Fanula and Malatu we had this conversation about doing a very short run on these stories that, we, that were just finished and phenomenal yeah. so a lot yeah. of stories so the collection is it's just three stories with an essay from Malatu um, at the beginning, so we just thought these should be out there They're, they'll make such a contribution to, to literature in mm-hmm. Ireland. so that was the basis we started from um but what happened was the response to that book was so phenomenal and um, that we had to organize the press more formally right. and then we decided well look and we also in the background knew on devardu who was writing these beautiful stories and we thought well if we do one more thing his work needs to be published um, yeah. and then the, the press evolved really from writers There's what of they were pain. doing, yeah. you know, so it kind of evolved like that. But very much a writer-centred press, I mean, you know, trying to support writers to develop what their vision is and what their purpose is, is key to what we want to do and what we want to preserve going forward. So we very much make decisions with writers at the heart of it and what they'd like to see and create and I think um, and then for us, we, we we can fit in around that because we're not constrained because we're very new. You know, working from some institutional framework. That's, yeah, that's you're kind rigid. of liberated yeah. in
0: a sense that you almost don't have. You have set goals, but they're oh, they're to celebrate someone else's voice yeah. rather than yeah. That might lead us nicely actually to the Play It Forward fellowships. Um, will you tell us more about those? Well,
1: initially in twenty nineteen. Um, Scheme had a session with Galway 2020, which was sort of an information exchange workshop um, between writers from different backgrounds who hadn't been represented um, in Irish literature. Um, and the motivation behind it was to understand what the barriers might be for these writers um, and what we could do in terms of providing them with resources or helping them along their way to becoming a published writer one of the things that emerged from that workshop and other conversations that we've had um, with writers is that there was a real lack of support in terms of um, taking a writer from you know draft manuscript stage to publishing mm. and that a lot of times um, a lot of the Networks and opportunities that are available in Ireland to writers seem to not be as accessible to these writers um, as they might be to, to some other emerging writers. So we put together a program that looks at um, sort of gives you a comprehensive um, structure in terms of how to move from you know the initial stages mm. of developing your manuscript and, and developing your craft through to. How to get in touch with um, agents and, and publishers, how to work with editors, you know, how to apply for grant funding or other resources that could support writers um, during their career. And then also giving them a community within which to work because we found that, mm. that that's been really.
0: And the motivation um, to keep going. Yeah. yeah. And
1: particularly during the pandemic and lockdown, like writers have felt so isolated, you know, mm. because even the the usual support that you would have, whether it was a writing group or, you know, going to workshops or so things like this has not been, you know, as um, readily available. So what we have done with Plate Forward is, is create a sort of sustained program that includes, you know, one-on-one mentoring and sort of really a concentrated focus on craft, but then it also has a lot of um, workshops and seminars and the opportunity to showcase work at festivals Mm -hmm. and other literary events so that our fellows really feel plugged into the literary world so they're not you know on the margins or or feeling like they're only called on for specific uh, topics or opportunities
0: Mm. that's great and how many people are currently fellows so this is our first
1: year um, it's a two year fellowship and we have five fellows um, four of them who came through the pay forward uh, programme and then one kindly sponsored by the Independent Living Movement Ireland for their members
0: Fantastic, and it sounds like a very creative programme but something I, I certainly notice in my role is how, and I am constantly trying to improve my digital skills mm. so is there any scope for, I don't know, getting getting comfortable even with PDF markups or things mm. like that within the fellowship or is it more creative focused? Well, it
1: is focused on the work mainly, but because um because of lockdown and because of the situation, a lot of the mentorships are taking place online at mm. the moment, and so they have had to share their work, you know, online and in digital formats. And so I think they're all getting used to that now. But yeah, mentors are, are used to that. Yeah, well yeah, so
0: it's a real learning curve, and yeah. it's something that's. I notice in publishing you realise just how computer skills are so needed. Mm. Yeah, and I think that that can serve as a barrier to some people. Okay, so I'm meeting both of you and I've learned about your roles. Um, Can you tell me more about your team? And I think you're all part-time.
2: Yeah, well, at the moment we have, uh, there's four of us in our team and um, myself and Finuli, Finula and Niddy are directors of Scheme Press and we do everything to do with the press so from finance to strategic planning to the publication program uh, the play it forward program and so on so we oversee all of that together and mm. uh, we each have different roles within that and which we are which are evolving all the time but um, we have different responsibilities for aspects of the work, but we all, um, I suppose our passion and our love is working with writers mm. and on books, and uh, so we all do an element of that together as well.
0: Um, nice, so you all contribute yeah. on the editorial. and then
2: we just, la- in the last couple of weeks, we were really lucky to get uh, uh, Shri Sen to come and work with us, and Shree is... Um, an expert in digital marketing content and yeah. so on so she is a, a content developer journalist. and um, so she's with us one day a week brilliant so she's uh, managing uh, like our website or our social media program yeah and um, so yeah so it's uh, th- that's us at the moment and we I suppose we're, what we believe in and we think is key and Nidhi has definitely parachuted us in to this area as well with her thinking but I suppose what we have found is having a diverse team mm. with different lenses has made us better you know as a company and I suppose we would have always worked with writers closely and brought their vision to the page so we like that way of working and then having Niddy as a part of the company is just uh, brought us so much um, knowledge and expertise yeah. because of the way we all look at things differently, and I think yeah. that just enriches what we're doing. And now we also have Shri, so we're very committed to try and open up spaces and opportunities for for writers, editors, publishers from different backgrounds to it's, get involved. Yes, yeah, great. Uh, we need that. I think the scene is very. Um, mean, you know, there's very little opportunity, as I understand, for people anyway to get even a decent-paying job in the sector. Like, totally get that. Yeah. So, what we're trying to do is open that up and say, look, we're trying to create these spaces and a bit why we are part-time and what we do because we have a full program of work. Yes. We're trying to bring in other people yeah, with the so skills they get to contribute. More. So that's our model at the moment. So to enable that to happen. You know we're just creating the spaces and trying to bring in people to do certain jobs with the skills rather than trying to do everything ourselves yeah and uh, hope over yeah. time that our model will become sustainable that we'll have real jobs for people yeah um we are also, like, see ourselves very much as a social enterprise model, so everything that we do for the company goes back into the values and ethos of the company, which are about inclusion, participation, and ultimately beautiful books that contribute to the cultural diversity of our society, so we have that broader societal goal. So, yeah, I mean, a- we absolutely believe and are passionate about that that needs to happen, and ski needs to be a diverse and forward-looking company. Mm, yeah. So we have we have challenges in that. I mean, you know, myself and Fanula are middle-class white women who probably, you know, we are doing other jobs to facilitate this, but we're yeah. determined. As wi- with Nidhi the three of us are determined to make it a company that reflects, you know, our society into the future. So to ha- for that to happen, people need to be brought into publishing, into editorial. You know, writers need to have the community that Nidhi spoke about, so that yeah. they can. And then, you know, we can move beyond empty conversations about oh diversity diversity what, what's everybody doing on diversity what are you doing how can we do diversity yeah, what books have <laughs> we got with diversity in them you know where people themselves are doing the work and you're creating actually the content. cringing you know when people and say I <laughs> know well I mean it's what people are starting I, that's absolutely. not a criticism but no, no, it becomes a bit stunted when you're saying well guys we just need to do stuff now yeah. we know there's no diversity so we need to make it happen yeah. um, and it's not easy because resources are tight absolutely. so we understand that like, yeah. you know, you know, but um, you know, you know, Nidia could talk about that till the cows come home, uh, but I don't want to leave the responsibilities only on her to talk about that, so that's why I said it first. Excellent.
0: <laughs> um, on a, I suppose, on an immediate practical step, if you were to advise like a publishing house, okay, what's the first thing you can do to not just make diversity and inclusion a box ticking exercise? Um, don't know is there a practical first what well, there are many steps but what would you advise or what do you think we need to see kind of more of in submissions or commissions or
1: i think we really need to see more more editors from diverse mm, backgrounds because yeah. the lens that you read through is sometimes as important as what you're reading and, and there seems to be a real um, this idea of what Irish literature is, um, which you know is inherited, and there's a legacy there, and, and I think uh, some of that needs to be challenged, some of that needs to be progressed a little bit, and, and it will only happen if we have readers coming in with, with different and maybe slightly newer eyes, you know, and looking at, at what is being um, talked about. and it's very difficult to do in publishing because the arts industry in and of itself is very low-paying like the jobs are very low-paying and it isn't feasible for somebody to have a full-time job in publishing and so you have to you have to be privileged anyway to be able to do it you know as a side gig or or as a second job or whatever it might be and and that's something that we're really actively you know trying to address working with the arts council to um, set at least the base level of income for people who want to work in publishing. I think uh, Society
0: of Young Publisher members will be really happy to hear that you're doing <laughs> that work. Yeah. <laughs> so
1: it is one of the most important things because until we do that, you know, it's all it's all just lip service because you're not actually going to be able to to give someone a, a decent job, which is what we yeah. need to and do. And a sustainable job, care. yeah. Exactly. Absolutely, yeah. And so that's sort of where we're investing a lot of resources at the moment is looking at it's not that there isn't any work, like there is actually work, mm-hmm. but it just isn't, you know, we can't in good conscience ask someone to come and work for, you know, a, a couple of thousand a year, it just doesn't, like, yeah. it just doesn't work. So, yeah. I think part of the problem is that part of the problem is, you know, we have really s- small independent presses and, and they've all been functioning um, because people have been underpaid for a long time or not paid at all sometimes, you know, and done on like a voluntary basis. And then that's become sort of the benchmark and and the standard for whereas it it doesn't actually work financially so so that i think needs to be addressed and looked at and i think we need to be a lot more transparent in terms of you know what the models are for this kind of business and whether they work and and if they do you know how how do we keep that going and if they don't how do we actually move the goalposts so that so that we aren't stretched every month to you know be able to, to pay people do um so that's one thing that i think really needs to be to be looked at is how can you bring people in from you know diverse backgrounds into well-paying jobs so that mm. they feel like they're contributing and they're being valued in an organization and it isn't you know just a few people who can afford to work in publishing which which is what it is now is can you afford to work in publishing yep. you know, do, you, do you have another job do you have a second source of income do you live with somebody who's footing your rent bill you know Would you have to live in Dublin to work in publishing, which is another, and I think it happens in all the countries, do you have to live in the capital city to actually work in where most of the publishers are based? So there's a lot of those kinds of things as well, which I think are barriers for people, but the financial one for me seems to be the biggest one that we've encountered.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very good start. And it kind of leads on, uh, before we started the interview, uh, Nadia and I were talking a little yesterday, a very big book was published. And I think often in the book industry, like there's particular hype about certain books. And ultimately, uh, small presses are just as much a business. How do you... How do you encourage the audience to buy your books? Uh, I know you've mentioned your new social media, uh, so that's good. And even, so I work in children's press and we also publish YA and we've tried to like start a book talk. <laughs> I am very dinosaur with that, so I can't talk about that. But there are certain platforms you need to use or how do, how do small presses kind of make that noise? Or I think it's a, it's a big thing
2: is looking at the audiences, like we... There's a number of aspects to it. I think we have to invest time in booksellers and masonry Yeah, a lot of hand selling yeah, has to happen. The, yeah, the, uh, you know, at the moment, I think, you know, some of the key sales, the reality is they come through the bookshops and the booksellers. Yeah. So I think building relationships there and having good practice around how we connect. Yeah. and so that people are interested in you and, and the books um, that you're bringing out and, and letting them know good information, different points. Uh, that helps their sales so I suppose that's one aspect of it digital of course I mean we have Sri on board now who can advise us and help us I mean we've been doing our best with that and you know showcasing authors Mm -hmm. focusing on campaigns and we're becoming more strategic at it over the year trying to plan it and plan it on a monthly basis looking at content trying to be you know a bit more meaningful in our engagement as well I think is important but also there's a lot of infrastructure you can tap into out there um, community-based organizations for example we found when we published um, Malatu's book there was a a different kind of audience for it who have built up now with the press you know and we have customers in the press who are interested to having read Malatu's book they're interested in your next publication so I suppose what we're trying to do is look at strategies how to relate to our, our direct customers yes, as well yeah, yeah. Uh, who are actually really interested in what we're doing because um, there are books that spoke to them and that they really wanted to read totally. um, but outside that there's a whole range of community networks, there's you know that we've utilised say with Owen's book that, you know there's there's other aspects so I suppose aspects of saying to each book but well, where do you think that was said who would be interested in that yeah. so Owen's book for example there's been a huge interest in it because at the moment uh, you know traveller culture has been totally suppressed and hidden uh, so there's no materials about traveller uh, culture uh, Owen's book in some way speaks to that so that was a whole other area where people were saying well look it'd be great to have this in schools or it'd yeah. be great to have this in universities. Or because it's in the folklore tradition, how do we link with that? So, I suppose it is about trying to scope out every and looking at unusual audiences. And I think this is where some of the assumptions come in. It's only a certain kind of reader who read those books. Actually, we found, you know, the the audiences are endless if we find them. But you you know, some outreach work is vital. Um, yeah, going where the author has community base as well. So it is about broadening. Um, our horizons. Yes, doing the traditional things, but realizing, you know, that there's sales and and audiences who love these books in different corners of the country. Yeah. Um, and
0: it's nice that you mentioned Owen's book, uh, White Moon Travels, because we did it uh, as our SYP yeah. book club, and uh, a lot of the members said, "Oh, like many people over lockdown, I just haven't been able to get into anything." and this was something so different. And yes, we all felt it was like something someone had told us at some point, like the stories. Um, So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And that it's great, We'll say for example, if it is introduced in schools because it like makes people recognize, oh, actually I don't just have to read the next book in the particular series I like, or I don't just like X genre or yeah. Mm. So it was, we were at, without meaning to sidestep too much, we were quite fascinated by Why the Moon Travels and we wondered actually about the editorial process because it must be very hard to edit a book that is essentially spoken. Um, could you talk a little bit about that or...?
2: Yeah, well, only, um he was phenomenal really. He had his own process and his process was very much in, steeped in the oral tradition. So he would hear a story in his mm. head a voice from someone who told it to him and then it would shape up in his mind and what he does is he records the stories and then he transcribes them Yeah. so I suppose it was very much working like that but it was but this is the other part <laughs> um, to this process was fascinating because I suppose for myself and Finula, who worked on that book with them we were very conscious we were working cross-culturally Yeah. so we're bringing a whole level of assumptions to that process. Totally. Um, so we, uh, I mean, Owen, Owen is very forthright anyway and very in control of his material and what he was doing and his vision for the mm. book. And um, so, I suppose we would have been very careful how to approach that. So, we would have met Owen in a workshop format mm. to check wordings, very minor editing, yeah. but like you know, just kind of how certain words had certain meanings certain phrases and um, because the language is quite beautiful uh, so you had to roll with that and the phraseology and difference you get into the rhythm of it mm. but then it's also um, a big learning curve. a big learning curve but also being conscious that look you know the phraseology of it, the, the use of words. Also, there's gammon throughout mm. uh, the book as well, so there was a big discussion on how that would be presented in the book. Yep. we but very much led by OWN, so we, we worked in workshop format, um, talking about lines, talking about things, recording them, what we agreed uh, would be a change. Yeah. So we just um, found our rhythm Yeah. with that book. Was it a
0: long process?
2: and not really once we got into once the stories were decided upon mm. how many what the collection would look like we kind of flew through it really um great right. but it was an intense period but yeah. i think that was good because you it was can feel creative. it perhaps yeah yeah it was uh, creative but an interesting one um uh, our recent publication unsettled by rosen mcdonough that was a, 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 a a really interesting process because we were very conscious with that book that um, Rosie would have a reader of her choice from the community a sensitivity reader yeah. who would read that because again we're working on the book but we may not be seeing something yeah. practically speaking if people wanted to do you know positive stuff like that it is you know from a writing perspective it's about li- lists, submissions mm-hmm. not using I mean what we found in Play It Forward was I mean the applications that that we received through that process were so from so many different backgrounds people we hadn't met before hadn't heard before so you know needy put a phenomenal amount of work into finding alternative methodologies yeah. in reaching writers and I think people have to do that if you if you want if you really care about you know your list and being diverse you've got to reach out but also invest in writers and invest in relationships I mean it's not a case that you're going to get you know Uh, really anymore I think all these amazing submissions it's deciding what kind of books you want to produce and reaching out targeting great yeah commissioning
0: but reaching out
2: yeah yeah, well yeah
0: and commissioning work then on the
2: basis of that so I suppose the model of commissioning but I'm not just saying you know you write so you know it is reaching out uh, instilling confidence in people that you're also a publishing house that is invested in writers that wants to work with writers that is prepared to put you know, time and effort into people's work as well,
0: I think.
1: That's, that's one of the distinct things about STEAM as a press is that we do work with writers, so it's not it's not like you get a polished manuscript in that's ready to go, you know, and then just have that, that six months of time where you're working on the, the finer aspects, but now you do actually take the concept or the vision that a writer has and then look at what sort of Story can be told from that, you know, and it is—it is a very collaborative process in a way, which I think is is something that I—I I, I as a writer really love, you know, is, is working on bringing that to life in a way. Because when you're a writer, sometimes you don't see a lot of things, like you have blind spots in your own writing, you can't really
0: yeah, of course, see stuff. yeah. But
1: then someone else who comes in with a different eye is able to look at it and say, well. This is what you're trying to say, but isn't coming across like that, you mm. know. And I think, like, that's where, you know, working with, with writers, especially writers from from backgrounds that are different from your own, um, is such a learning process for, for both sides, you know, because you really do have that, you know, that like y- you need both sides. Like, you can't just have the one. And that, for me, is really, yeah, it's it's really fulfilling and quite rewarding, I think, for as a writer and as an editor, like, to be able to do.
0: I know you mentioned that as a team we do everything together um, and you try to do as much with your writers as possible when it comes to things like covers or because I know in some publishing houses uh, even the title ultimately the publisher kind of decides but um, and skiing, how
2: do you <laughs> no, we tro- well it's writer led <laughs> and I think covers yes. are important I think so yeah. I, mean, I remember as a writer you know at a writing course having a, an input one day about covers and how some writers there from Ireland you know who have been published who talk to us about covers and how they they're, they got sold a particular way where commercialism yeah. meets um, you know your, your vision of your book and how you have to give up a little bit if you yeah. want to Go this way. Yeah, and I thought, oh, yeah. that's a shit. And you do, you know. But I think that might happen to Skeen. All right, if we sold uh, the rights of a book, you know, to another publishing house mm. and decide to go a particular way, yeah, you yeah. have any more control yeah. over it then? But I think it, with us, what what's, uh, what I love about Skeen is we have control. We can say yes or say no. Um, and when I say we, I mean writers. So yeah. if we're shown a cover to a writer and they don't like it, we're not going to run with that. We much yeah. try and come up with. A concept early on we talk and it's great talking about covers early on because it makes you feel like I'm gonna have a book I yeah. am I am it's yeah. gonna happen so it's it's actually a good milestone to motivate and and support people to see look this is gonna happen it's yeah. like you know you're getting there you're very close now these are just edits we promise this is normal and um, and uh, yeah and typesetting and all that and people think god it takes so long to produce a book You're going, yeah it yeah, does god, and it even just does. the importance of <laughs> that the, the
0: font uh, fits yeah. the,
2: the yeah. tone uh, yeah. So, yeah. but also to publicity sides of things is very important I think having um, you know one of my responsibilities in Scheme was, was kind of the publicity side over the last few years that's why I'm so delighted to have board yeah. <laughs> to help me and give me some expertise but um, it's it's really important i think that writers are comfortable that they Mm. do what they feel is appropriate that it's real and authentic and you know we're not shoving people into spaces you know and overloading them
0: oh yeah and you know so twitter can be kind and very cruel Mm. so like kind of knowing how to be be protected in this space is very important i will just ask a few more questions um but i am very interested in how skiing came to be in ireland um so do you think there's like a comparable press abroad or have you and you mentioned selling rights has that happened yet or is it something you're looking into or
2: yeah i mean we we did sell the the, the rights of this hostile life to vrago the congratulations brown, yeah, press. yeah. yeah right. that would that happened fairly early on so that's why why scheme organized itself as well because we had yeah. all these requests and um wanted to make make sure that Milatu had the best possible i mean that's another thing we want um writers to want to come to skiing mm. because skiing is a good press it's a home for them we respect yeah, their work and also that they will as you mentioned culture. make
0: money as yeah, well yeah and, and survive yeah and
2: that they you know and that's another aspect that we you know Nidhi spoke about there around I mean a bit of the problem is that if press have been funded in programs you know, mm. if you've a great publishing Absolutely. book, there you go, but well, we're not getting funded for salary or costs. So that needs to change. And I think the Arts Council is going to examine that. But that is definitely something, as Nidhi said, that, um we've been lobbying for as well because you know you're not going to produce a publishing program unless you have the right people to produce it it's not you know it's It's, just
0: it it underserves the work it underserves
2: absolutely so i think the arts council is going to shift because they were very much a program funder yeah Um, and and the arts council are the you know they are an important um anchor funder for a lot of presses so so yeah so i think that that's the first thing but also for writers pay the artist how do you pay the artist when you've, you're funding on it? You know, so it's, it's fine having aspirations, but unless we get into the nitty gritty, um, so for us pay the artists, we're really trying to see how um, our contracts, and we've improved them even over the last couple of years, um, to try and pay the artists. So that's trying to have a fairer model of how um, writers can make money from sales. So I suppose what we can offer writers, we can say, look in Ireland we're pretty you know, we're pretty good established. We know what we're doing. We have we understand who the sellers, the booksellers are. We think with your book we can sell definitely sell five thousand copies. I mean that would be our commitment to most of our books. Yeah. We'd be able to say we actually believe we can do that. So we're committing to that. And then we base well authors your advance should be based on what we think we're going to sell and we should commit then to selling that for income for them and income for us that can be invested back into into other books and so on so it's trying to raise and then we also try and have a fee as well sometimes as well as um, advance we try and pay a fee where possible again it depends on resources but I mean you're just trying as best we can to but it shouldn't even be I shouldn't even be saying that trying as best we can we should be paying the writers yeah, it's not trying it's
0: doing yeah yeah,
2: doing it but you know and then we also have to make sure that books it makes sense to produce them yeah. that it doesn't become such a environmental impossible. cost yeah, as well, well yeah. uh, or a uh, financial and uh, and because the environmental aspect is so important but, uh, but and a cost that's so prohibitive that look we can't really do this, yeah. we can't pay the writer, pay the staff, produce the book in it to a high quality and that it stands out, that it's worth bringing to a publisher and then also, you know, do it all, we're we just not breaking even, so it, it is a challenging environment. Yeah. Um, and you also mentioned the environmental aspect i mean that's something we're starting to look at now and say well look what are the inks we're using yeah. How? we what's the paper you know so there's piles of challenges in there but they're all good ones they're ones we should be looking at yeah so we've decided well look our model we need to get percentage of our funding from arts council that's an anchor funder but then we need to up our sales so that makes us work harder yeah. for for the writers and then we're also look at other avenues of funding so that you know social enterprise model for us seems to make sense, given that we have a developmental aspect to our work as well, um, and the societal impact we want to make, so. Busy,
0: busy, busy times so. ahead. <laughs> 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 it's great, yeah, yeah, I can see how your goals remain the same, but you're just like branching out and just making the, well, I think the Arts Council funding is fantastic. You do want to have your own stability as well, so the book's... We just need them sold and bought. <laughs> so, um, so, then I suppose my final question really is advice for publishing hopefuls. So, what would you why, why work in an independent press? Uh, and if you do want to work in an independent press, what are the skills you can bring? Uh, maybe you can, I think you've been quite open about the challenges, um, but if you think of any other challenges and also the benefits. I
1: suppose one of the things for me is. Um, if you do want to work in, a, in an independent press um, you'll have to learn everything you'll have to learn things that you might not particularly be yeah. interested in or, or want to do um, but because b- because of the nature of small presses that you will you will have to do um, a, lot of, a lot of other you'll have to like at least know about other areas of publishing which can be quite interesting um, but yeah to have an open mind about you know what what that job entails, and maybe to if there's an opportunity to shadow um, somebody within a publishing house, you know, yeah. to shadow an editor. Hopefully,
0: we're moving out someone. of a pandemic, and shadowing is possible yeah. or conversations, at a, at yeah,
1: a, at a safe distance. Yeah, Shadow at a safe distance. Um, but no, it, it does have to see what um, what people do day to day. I think in, in publishing houses, because I think like any job, it gets romanticised. You know, the, the mm. editorial aspect of it, or working with writers, which you know, it's a big, it's a big aspect of it, and it's really wonderful. But then there's all this other stuff as well that you know you do spend probably most of your time on, <laughs> which isn't isn't as as exciting. Um, but I think one of the things about about Ireland is that because it is so small and because there are so few uh, presses that you can actually you can um, progress quite quickly in your career if you if you're so inclined, you know. And so being able to actually establish those relationships with with writers and with, with readers and with you know media outlets and, and booksellers and, and agents and you know the whole it's, it's, it's a lot easier to do than it would be in new york or london or something yeah. like that you know so in, in that way it's i think it's wonderful that and we do have the the ma in publishing um Galway that's right yeah and new. we've spoken
0: actually to one of the lecturers from the MA in Galway and it's so mm-hmm. oversubscribed it's yeah amazing and it's yeah.
1: incredible because a lot of those graduates when they do graduate from that program don't actually find opportunities within Ireland so they end up going to somewhere in the UK yeah you know? and so we are losing out on a lot of talent um, and they actually do want to stay here but there isn't there just isn't enough yeah you know um, there aren't enough opportunities available for them so I think that's on us as publishers um, to create those sort of programs where you know you can take someone in for a year and and give them that experience, and maybe it is a sort of rotating um, opportunity in terms of you know maybe you you work with two or three different publishers during the year and you get different experience from them in terms of like whether it's you know selling rights or or editorial or marketing or, or whatever your specialty would be. So I think yeah, researching probably the the areas that you're interested in, and then finding the, the presses that focus on that, and then um, keep in touch with them about you know what opportunities might come up. It might not always be a, a full-time permanent position, but you can definitely come in on certain projects or maybe certain looks, you know, yeah. you can, um, and start out that way. So we are we are definitely at ski also looking at providing those opportunities for people um, from next year onwards. And just yeah, something people.
0: between an internship and an apprenticeship, yeah, exactly. almost. Yeah. Yes.
1: Something that would still it would still be paid, you know, it would still be um, feasible. But it, it would be probably project based more than um, a family position to start out with. Mm. But I think that works for for someone coming in as well, is because then you sort of get an
0: idea of what you would be doing and absolutely to the reality it. can be, is yeah. always different. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you think, Grania or yeah? I mean, I think that's the nail on the head is prepared to do everything
2: you know particularly the Irish scene it is so small and you know people could think about say you know learning learning with the vision of setting up their own presses or some aspect that interests them hard work and challenging but you know if you learn the trade you could do something that particularly interests you in books Mm. that that you're passionate about that isn't here I mean it's you know there's a lot of areas we don't have in Ireland um, and Uh, of publishing that could be specialised in that could be you know a small business or a part time business you know there are funding streams out there if if the models if we get the models right so yeah I would definitely say to publishing people you know yeah you know it's not it's a very tough industry because you're not walking out into jobs there's so few jobs that you see but there is opportunities there so um, and we, we would love to create more um you know, editorial, and yeah, I mean, it'd be great to see diversity across the board in book selling
0: and publishing. Oh yeah, and, and cover design, yeah, like cover design, yeah, everything, type you know, setting. Because sometimes yeah. I'm thinking, am I looking at types in a limited way or something? Yeah. Because English is my first language, so even I don't know. I sometimes think about that. Yeah.
2: So I think you'd be per, and you know, people can research their own business. And I have no doubt they'll be publishing. Um, graduates who come out and they have a great idea for a concept that they haven't seen. Yeah, and uh, you don't be afraid. Start small, you know, as a project or whatever, um, and then get in touch. Absolutely and go for any opportunities that interest them and be prepared to do lots of different things from posting off a pile of books to doing an account of spreadsheet Excel spreadsheet to, Excel I think a is lot, an essential
0: key a, there's yes. an awful lot of key administrative school. work
2: yeah. um, involved I yeah, would say yeah an organization but I think that no matter what job you go into there's always such an element of that that you don't expect but look the rewards from creating uh, with writers their beautiful books is you know and then getting involved in other areas and trying to create opportunities is very exciting so it does outweigh the mm-hmm. <laughs> the challenging aspects of the job excellent <laughs> if you love marketing and talking to actually you can meet a lot of people and talk, events mm-hmm. absolutely and, you know, be yeah. quite exciting and uh, you always
0: have anecdotes or yeah and yeah. perhaps uh, particularly and for people listening uh, they can probably tell that we're together which is a nice change and like publishing is actually it's a lot of isolated work but it is a lot of connection like Mm -hmm. within your team um so yeah i think the that community element of publishing will begin to come back Mm -hmm. which is nice um well i think that's everything thank you so much both um and i think this will be invaluable so our SYP podcast is listened to by people in Ireland and across the UK so that's nice and as I said our SYP Ireland know you through our book club which you gave us hours really of discussion which is great <laughs> and I know some people brought it on holidays and uh, people have passed it on to both children and their, their own pa- adult parents so it's been well received so thank you for publishing. And thank it you
2: for having us on your podcast.
0: That was Elizabeth Goldrick in conversation with Ronnie O'Toole and Lady Zach from Skane Press. Find out more about Skane, visit their website linked in the footnotes, or to discover more content from SYP Island, follow them on Twitter at SYP Island.